Hi, I'm Richard Van Vliet on, on screen and beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome and thank you for joining us for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 641 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Richard Van Vliet is going to be joining us in a part one of two episodes we're going to have with Richard. We had a nice long talk with him, and Richard was Dr. Chuck Tyler on All My Children. And, of course, he was in Guiding Light and uh, lots of other things. We're going to talk about all those things in the interviews, and I uh, hope you'll be enjoying that one. And uh, Richard also has a new novel out called Dark Traffic. Now, he's been you know, writing a little bit, uh, and uh, he's got... Uh, Quite a few books either out or coming our way, and he's going to let us know about those too. But Dark Traffic is out right now, so you can check that out. Richard Van Vliet from All My Children is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And I uh, wanted to uh, let you know that we've got a lot of interesting things coming our way as far as remake sequels and prequels and, you know, the upcoming new movies and uh, things that are coming out. Uh, it's a uh, a very strange time as far as releasings because of the the strikes that are going on or the strike I should say that's going on for the writers and uh, things are being delayed bounce back it's it's happening all over again where things are just being delayed and we'll see what happens with those but uh, we'll get you information on that coming up in a few minutes right here on on screen and beyond and thank you for getting in touch with me those of that have written emails to me you can contact me at feedback at on screen and beyond.com and we'll see what we can do about, uh, you know, answering your questions. Uh, some people ask questions. Some people just let me know how they're using On Screen and Beyond. And by that, I mean, you know, are you using it when you're listening to it, uh, driving down the road? Are you, you know, working out? What are you doing? Hiking? Whatever. Uh, always interesting to find out uh, what you're doing while you're listening to On Screen and Beyond. And hope you're enjoying it. And if you have a favorite uh, episode, uh, let me know. Uh, I, you know, I always like to know what's, uh, you know, people are enjoying and uh, who we've had for guests. And we uh, have more coming our way. So, uh, you know, if you have a suggestion or, you know, help me to uh, figure out who we can get. A lot of times I'll get an email from somebody and they'll say, you know, this person was in this show and uh, I, I, I either didn't know about it or, you know, I didn't, didn't even think of them. And uh, then I try to get in contact with them, and sometimes I can get those. So uh, we appreciate it when you do. Uh, I apologize if I didn't get to you, the person that you've asked me to try to get on, uh, but uh, don't give up. I, I won't. I, I will still continue to try to find a connection with those people. And uh, Or sometimes they, the people just uh, don't want to do the interview. So, uh, you know, we'll... We'll see what we can do. That's the best I can do for you. So we uh, thank you for doing that. And uh, what do you say? Why don't we get into it? It's time for remakes, sequels, and prequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remakes, sequels, and prequels. Well, Tom Holland says it's looking pretty good, pretty good, for a Spider-Man 4 film. 
See what happens with that. Universal's Wicked Part 2. Now, Part 1's not out yet, but Part 2 is being moved around already. All right. They're moving from December 2025 release to November 26th, 2025. Okay. So they're moving it up a month. While Wicked Part 1 will fly into theaters on November 27th, 2024. All right, so there's going to be some juggling around there. And let's see what else. Uh, With the canceling of Wonder Woman 3, Gal Gadot says she is now looking to develop stories that she is passionate about. We'll see what she goes into. And Avatar 3 has been pushed back to 2025, which now is pushing Avatar 4 and Avatar 5 back. Right now, they're saying Avatar 5 will arrive in theaters on 2031. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) that's quite a ways away. We'll see what happens with that one. And that's it for remakes, sequels, and prequels. Coming up next on Oscar and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies, movies that uh, aren't remakes and sequels and prequels, that type of thing. September 15th in theaters, Challengers with Zendaya will be arriving in theaters. October will bring us Priscilla. Now, this is a film about the story of Priscilla Presley and Elvis from her point of view. And The Hill tells the story of a boy with a degenerative spinal disease, but he's uh, good at baseball. And his dad wants to protect him. He's a preacher and doesn't want him to play baseball. Dennis Quaid is going to star in it along with Colin Ford. And it'll hit theaters on August 25th. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, movies and TV on DVD and streaming. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Gary Sinise, and I'm done on screen and beyond. Movies on TV and DVD and on streaming. It looks like Babylon 5, The Road Home. It's an all-new animated movie. It's coming to digital, 4K, Blu-ray, all on August 15th. Now, many of the original cast, including Bruce Boxleitner, who was a guest here at On Screen and Beyond, you can go back and listen to that episode with Bruce, and also Tracy Scoggins, Claudia Christian, and Bill Moomey, who, of course, was a guest here on On Screen and Beyond, so you can go back and listen to that one, too. And uh, so that's coming out on August 15th. July 11th, Book Club, the next chapter, will be hitting Blu-ray and DVD, and on June 30th, it comes out digitally. And I Still Know What You Did Last Summer gets a 4K release on September 26th for its 25th anniversary. You believe that? It's been 25 years for that film. And that's it for movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, let's see what's coming our way as far as TV and entertainment time. 
TV and Entertainment Time, July 17th. Quincy M.E., medical examiner, of course, joins the lineup over at Get TV. And Magnum P.I. will end with Season 5, Part 2 on NBC. And Paramount Plus has canceled Pink Ladies, Star Trek Prodigy, and The Game. That's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond... We are going to sit down for part one of our interview with Richard Van Vliet. He was Dr. Chuck Tyler on All My Children back in the day. And he is a, a, a novelist. He has a novel out called Dark Traffic. Now, Richard's going to talk about that. And in part one, he'll also talk about his early career. And in part two, uh, that we'll have out next week, is uh, all about uh, him getting into all my children and other things. So uh, that's coming up. But next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Richard Van Vliet. <laughs> Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who has appeared on Ironside. Dragnet, It Takes a Thief, Mannix, The Virginian, Night Gallery, Mission Impossible, and so many other TV shows and movies. He is most known for his role as Dr. Chuck Tyler on the soap opera All My Children. He now has a new novel out called Dark Traffic. It's Richard Van Vliet. Richard, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Now, Richard, I was looking back, uh, of course, you know, I say welcome back to On Screen and Beyond because uh, you actually were on the show back in 2008. It was 15 years ago. <laughs> oh, God, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> God, that really makes me old. Yeah, well, a lot of things have changed since then. I, I noticed you've done a lot of different movies and things, some that we've involved together in and, you know, bon oh, yes. Bonji and everything. But, uh, uh the, you're, you're writing. It's, it's, I, I didn't know. Have you been writing longer than this book? Have, have you have other books released and things like that? Uh, no. What I did is, uh, you know, I've written screenplays and I've written short stories that have been turned into movies, which I didn't know. <laughs> um, and I wrote, uh, and I wrote for, um, oh boy, um, when I was in college, they had, I was writing short stories and they were publishing them on those. And I wrote poetry. And uh, when I was in college, when I was in the Marine Corps, and um, they published some of those. And it was called A Hole in the Ground. And it was about, uh, it was about Marines sitting in their uh, very short home as all of the dirt started to fall in from the rain and bury them in a sepulcher. Wow. It was, uh, yeah, it was different. Huh. Yeah, I didn't. See, see, I mean, I've known you for years, and I didn't know you wrote. <laughs> I didn't know you were a writer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I was, I was, uh, this was the first time I started a novel, and it was called Honeycomb. And, uh, and, it was just out of my imagination, mm -hmm. and I I just decided to write it, and I, and that's what really got me started, and um, then I wrote uh, Dark Traffic, and it was based on a true story, 
I mean, uh, uh, several stories, of course. Uh, and then, um, and then I wrote Payback, and uh, that's just been sent in for publishing, and that's another story, and it's a, kind of a nice twist at the end. Uh, but it that's also based on true stories. Yeah. So and so this next one is fine, which I've been writing now, and uh, and it's the same characters in it because I wanted that they're in a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honeycomb was the first, then Dark Traffic, then Payback, and now uh, this. I haven't got a official title for it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So is is Dark Traffic the one that's out right now, and the other yeah. one is Payback is coming? Is there a time? I just, on... I just submitted it today. Oh, okay, okay. So, so that's going to be a while. But uh, Dark Traffic got five star ratings, and it got uh, it got wonderful reviews in the Midwest and uh, some of the book review companies that are out there and. Uh, so no, it's got very good ratings. Wow! Now, can you give our listeners a an idea of what dark traffic is about? Well, it's about uh, what it sounds like. It uh, throughout the novel, you really don't know what it's about until um, the the lead in the story, the woman, the female lead in the story, and uh, the male lead in the story, Ian Martin. And the woman, they start out with an accident. She accidentally backs into him. And she is married. She is separated from her billionaire husband and um, because she caught him cheating. And uh, which is kind of similar to that, uh, to the uh, Judge Me Not, the film that won the best, you know, best movie. The, you know, the best picture award at your brother's um, uh, independent film festival. Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, it's similar to that uh, at the beginning. But uh, <clears throat> what happens is that the, uh, <laughs> what happens is that all of a sudden they find out because this woman who is uh, – who was at the age of 16 in New York, uh, in New Milford, Connecticut. Uh, she was, uh, she was dropped off when she was a baby at a nunnery and uh, then was transferred and put up for adoption at uh, a convent for, uh, for women, you know, for the Catholic. And uh, she was not adopted because she had an irregular heartbeat nobody wanted to take it at the age of 16 um uh, a friend of her took her to to new york city which she had never been to and they skipped school and then uh, he lived in harlem the boy took her to see his his nephew or cousin i can't remember which and uh, and then she was given a drug passed out and then woke up and she was being assaulted by the cousin. Hmm. And then they kept her drugged and then she was taken advantage of by repeated um, guys in the neighborhood. Wow. And so um, she was fine and she was kept for almost a month. 
And then she was, uh, the cops raided the place, arrested him, and everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she was set free and uh, returned, uh, you know, to the orphanage and uh, and then moved out west. And then she married this man who turned out to be a billionaire who owns all of these big hotels in Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco. Uh, I mean, uh, apartments, buildings, multi-story apartment buildings in downtown Los Angeles, San Francisco, London, France, and all through the place. He's a build, he's a, and he owns them all, and, of course, have managers for everybody. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he catches, she catches him having sex with his uh, young assistant. And then um, he gets upset and kicks her out because she doesn't want to uh, sleep with him, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just that time. And so he kicks her out and tells her to go and live in one of the condos that he that he owns. And it happens to be in Ventura, where Ian Martin's, uh, 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 he was a DEA agent. He was in the first novel, Honeycomb, where he meets uh, the heroine in that piece. And uh, he run, He decided to start, he retired from the DEA and started his security and investigation agency and to start it because he got kind of bored because he was an un, working undercover as a DEA agent. And so um, he started that. And then all of a sudden... Um, he, the woman is attacked. He goes over after the accident that she rips off the bumper of a car because she's driving a trunk, a truck, and the ball hitch catches the bottom of his bumper and tears off the plastic bumper and drives off. And he's chasing after her. And then he goes over and she's going to pay him the $300 it costs to have him reattach it. And um, while he's there, he's plowed into the back. Well, her ex-husband has sent the man over there to frighten her to come back to him. Uh, Well, Ian subdues the guy and knocks him out. The police arrest him for assault and throw him in jail. And then all of a sudden, her, the uh, the other, uh, the man in New York is released from prison after uh, serving uh, 14 years in prison. Uh, the the man from New York, and he finds her in the society pages and starts blackmailing her, hmm. and so she's paying it, and then. Uh, since she's been kicked out of the condo, uh, she can't afford to pay him what she's been paying him every month. And so uh, he shows up at the door, and Ian is there um, trying to protect him after the first assault. And then it just goes on from there. Hmm. And, of course, he subdues. Unfortunately, the guy kills himself by shooting himself in the groin with his own gun. <laughs> and it um, penetrates his testicles and 
and uh, slams into his leg and the femoral artery is, is severed and he bleeds to death on the floor. Mm-hmm. But he's also been hit in the throat. So he has a hard time breathing. And I used to do that when I was in the Marine Corps because I was, uh, that's the first place I go for. Hmm. Uh, I had to do that because I, when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, I was very gun ho. My dad was in the Marine Corps. My uncle was in the Marine Corps, and he was in a second wave on Iwo Jima. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was uh, in Carlson's Raiders, uh, Marine Corps Carlson Raiders. And they used to drop him behind the lines and everything else. And he was parachuting, and they didn't have, they had a par, uh, size. 11 or 10 shoe boots for his size 12 feet oh, and he broke both of his arches and we used to visit him in Fitzsimmons army hospital because they said he'd never walk again wow well he did but uh he was never sent over he was never sent over to the pacific to fight hmm. but uh, he went through boot camp and all the rest and a paratrooper school and everything else wow um and of course i joined the marine corps and i was rather gun ho and what was interesting about it when i was in the corps boot camp in the marine corps we have what they call a right guide uh he's one of the enlisted people and he's the go-between from the from the drill instructors to the uh other recruits and he tells them when it's time to get on the road for inspection in the morning and uh and do everything else and he carries the guide on on the runs and all the rest of the stuff well the original guide on the original right guide didn't like the marine corps we were in san diego and so he went over jumped the fence jumped in the Pacific Ocean, swam over to the other side, and he came up on the naval base, the recruit naval base training area, and they were arrested him, and uh, then they kicked him out of the Marine Corps. Hmm. And then I was sitting in the Quonset hut with all the rest of the guys, and the drill instructor stayed, uh, and I was in charge of the Quonset hut. So my bunk bed was right. My bed was, um, I didn't have a bunk bed. It was just a single bed made out of iron. And it was sitting close to the door. So as soon as anybody, an officer or the drill instructor stepped in, I had to stand up at attention and say, hut, and everybody had snap at attention and freeze. Mm-hmm. He walked in, and I said, "Attention, everybody, standing at attention." And he says, "Not you." And so I had to stand, stand at parade arrest. And he said, "We need a new right guide." And he said, "So, this Richard Van Vliet." And then he turned around and he said, "To show you that I have no, we, we have no." Uh, I can't remember what he said, but he uh, slammed his fist right in my gut. 
knocked me over the bed. And then I stood up. I'm totally out of breath. I'm standing up. Then he slammed me right in the gut again and knocked me over the, the bed again. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, he said, uh, we uh, have no favoritism. And, uh, and he proved it by hitting me. <laughs> and, and at that time, we had, they had swagger sticks, just like the British. Yeah. yeah. And they were a piece of oak with a um, 45 or 50 caliber shell on one end and a bullet head on the other. And they used to, they used to hit you in the side of the head with it or on the arms or, you know, wherever they could or poke the back of it in your stomach. Jeez. And so that's the way it was called. Hmm. Well, I got a blanket party, an attempted blanket party because I was very gun ho and I would do something. Well, one of the guys didn't like me, a big guy, taller than me. And he started fighting with, uh, I had to go in because he was complaining that somebody stole his money. And I asked him, I said, did you check your footlocker? Oh, no, I have to check my footlocker, man. I know my, where my money was. And I said, well, we can't really prove that unless you check your footlocker. And then he got belligerent. And then the guy tried to step between us to stop it. And the next thing I know, a fist slammed into the side of my head. Jeez. So I shoved the guy out of the way. And then I flipped the guy on the, the guy who hit me. I flipped him on the floor and I'm beating the crap out of him. And then uh, I'm supposed to, all of a sudden they said, everybody on the road. And I let him up and he takes off. And they, uh, so we fall in. I walk up to him. And I said, if you ever try that again, I'll make sure you never get up. And if I can't handle you, my bayonet will. Jeez. Hi, this is Peter Truston on screen and beyond. And so we graduated. I graduated and my parents didn't know that I had joined the Marine Corps, so I never got a letter from them. And uh, because I was in college and I ran out of money because I was working as carpenter to afford to go to college. And my dad, because he was a carpenter, got me a job and I was working on bridges uh, in Lyman, Colorado, over by the Kansas border. And then I started working on houses because he started working on houses and so building houses and stuff like that. So that's what I, that's what I was doing. Wow. Yeah. And so they called, uh, one of the DIs called me in. He says, uh, are your parents dead? Or do you have any relatives? Because you don't get any mail. And I said, no, I, uh, they didn't know that I joined the Marine Corps. <laughs> because what I did... When they wouldn't let me register in college, I said uh, I had the money to live off campus, and I had a job working in the cafeteria, washing dishes, uh, washing pots and pans, and then you graduate up to washing dishes, and then you graduate from that 
up to assistant cook. Hmm. So, you know, yeah, but they wouldn't let me move off campus because I had to pay a lot of money to live on campus. Well, I had an apartment that I could rent. I had the job that afforded the apartment, but they wouldn't let me join. But I, uh, I, I got to the college because I got a scholarship to pay um, tuition and fees mm-hmm. um, when I graduated from high school because I was in the uh, uh, black mask in high school and I was doing plays. And so and I got a scholarship from uh, Western State College in Colorado, which, by the way, is at 11, uh, 8,000 feet. And it's the coldest spot in the United States in the winter. Hmm. In the continental United States, not including Alaska. Yeah, yeah. They refused to have a weather station there because I walked to school from from a house, a converted garage, which had two bunk beds in uh, one room. And then it had the eating area and a makeup toilets you know shower and uh, for the bathroom um and i'd walk two miles or a mile i guess it was about a mile in 45 below zero weather to go to work jeez so uh anyway uh then i auditioned uh then i was doing nighttime I was doing a uh, summer stock, mm-hmm. yes. and I was also working on, during the day as a hod carrier, where you have a V board, and it's uh, one. There's a board across the bottom of it, and you load bricks on it, and then you lift it up, and it's got a long pole, and you put it on your shoulder, and then you climb the ladder to the floor, and you supply bricks to all the bricklayers. And so that's what I was doing during the day. And then I was doing summer stock at night at Western State College. Uh, um, I, and that was after I got out of the Marine Corps because so I went back to college. And, uh, and then uh, I auditioned because the American Academy of Dramat- uh, ABC was giving it a, giving a scholarship to 13 people who are uh, to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. They were paying the tuition and fees for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. And uh, while I was doing summer stock, the stage manager there uh, put my name in for the scholarship. So I went to, uh, she let me borrow her car and it was a brand new Ford Mustang, the first year they came out. Wow. And, and she let me borrow my her car to drove, drive to Denver, Colorado for the audition. And so I went down there and Shakespeare on uh, Avon Troop was there in Colorado performing. So all these British actors were there and they were auditioning to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, the ABC scholarship. And so I saw him and I said, oh, crap. I'm going to dance and crap to win this thing. So I went in and I played a drunk scene from the dark animal, uh, dark something, I can't remember. 
So I played the drum scene. Then I did a cutting from Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won. Wow. Then I went. Then I went to. I won that uh, the state. Then I went to the regional. Won that. And then I uh, went to the nationals, and I placed uh, number fourteen. Well, I got a call in uh, January, I think it was, and it was from the uh, ABC, and they said the guy was drafted. <laughs> and so, uh, would you like to attend the American Academy for Backyards? And I said yes. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I accepted the scholarship. I had $200 in my pocket, and uh, I sold my truck, uh, which I bought from my dad, <laughs> and I uh, flew to New York, and the first night I got there, I slept on a bench in, uh, in the uh, Lower East Side of New York because I didn't want to spend money for a hotel because I didn't get there until about 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So I spent that. And in the middle of the night, I heard somebody walking around my bench. And uh, I just woke up and I said, get the hell away from my bench. <laughs> and he said, bastard man. <laughs> and he walked off. And then, so, anyway, I worked as a, a guard uh, with William J. Burns International Detective Agency, uh, keeping the bums away from the building that I was protecting at night mm -hmm. and keeping the morning open so I could go to class. And then I did, uh, I did a, a, a play, The Right Honorable Gentleman. It had closed on, on uh, Broadway, I guess, uh, a year ago or something. And so I played that, and I played an Italian resistance fighter uh, or army officer, cameraman. And I said, My fossil army. That was my one line in it, I think. <laughs> and, uh, but I was on stage all the time, but I was, I was the silent partner, you know, mm -hmm. of the lady. Uh, leading lady, I guess. I can't remember. But oh, after we finished the play, everybody came. The producers of the original came, play came back, and they said, who the hell told you to play the part that way? And I said, uh, nobody. I just thought that's the way I should play it. And they said, God damn it, if we would have done that, we could have run for two more years. <laughs> And then they, then uh, ABC, CBS, and NBC saw me in a revival of one of the plays. Oh, it was, I can't remember. I think it was Bus Stop. It was, uh, anyway, it was uh, one of the plays. And then I got offers to go to Paramount, Screen Gems, or Universal Studios under contract. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Screen Gems was playing mostly uh, comedies for television and uh, but they offered like $350 a month uh, a week mm -hmm. uh, the same with Paramount 
Well, Paramount was doing mostly movies at the time, and Universal was doing both. Yeah. And so yeah. I selected Universal for $200 a week. <laughs> and so I signed a six-year contract, and I was under contract to them. So hmm. that's how I got there. Yeah. So And then I did 21 films in the first year. Wow. And most, uh, and I always played the heavy, you know, and mm-hmm. so, and I did, uh, oh God, I did airport and yeah. everybody on the plane was co-star, got co-star billing. Mm-hmm. And I was on the plane and I was supposed to play, I was playing, uh, I think an army officer or listed in the army. And I was supposed to grab Dean Martin before he sucked out of the airplane. And um, it's still, it's on, it's on, uh, it's playing on one of the shows on, uh, uh, I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so, and Elaine watched it and she said, were you an extra? (laughs) Because everybody got billing except my name never appeared. Because I didn't have time to go and do the dubbing on the film. Oh. Because, you know, in dubbing, they have, you bring you into this big theater and they show the scene on the screen and they have a a diagonal black line in front of the scene that you're playing in and the scenes that you're doing. And as soon as it reaches the opposite side of the screen, you start your dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I couldn't get there because I was working all the time. Oh. And I was playing it. And so I was the last person to do it. And I guess they had already put all the titles and the actors and everything else on it. Oh, geez. So I didn't get building. But I still get residuals. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately, that's what counts. (laughs) Yeah. But when I I was at the Academy, uh, I worked with Kathy Burns. She won the Academy Award for Misery. Yes. Uh, And I worked with Tom, Tommy. Kathy Bates, you mean? Kathy Bates. No, uh, no, it was Kathy Burns. Oh, Kathy Burns. Uh, Yeah. I think it was, well, oh, no, Kathy Bates, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, it was Kathy Bates. Well, also, Kathy Burns was an actress, and uh, and then she did several films or something, and then she married somebody else, and it was, and then she started writing. But then there was Tommy Lee Atkins and Cleavon Little. Wow. And, and uh, Robert Redford went there, and he gave gave the graduation speech he came to the academy and uh, when everybody was graduating from and then uh, there was a michael simone was uh working with the actor studio uh with the lee strasberg mm-hmm. and uh, i got a scholarship i went out to california after i graduated from the academy Went back to California because my brother was living there. And so I stayed with him. And then I got a call that uh, they wanted me to come from Michael Simone. They wanted me, uh, I got another scholarship to go with him. 
And so I flew back to New York and Michael Simone and uh, Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Atkins, Cleavon Little, Kathy Bacon, and myself. And uh, uh, we went to the actor's studio and we were, we, we would perform and help them uh, get what they were playing so they could be heard past the first row of the audience mm -hmm. because they would mumble because it was internalized. And so that's what we did. Huh. And then I got a call and got the, uh, I got the, the uh, offers from Universal Screen Gems and Paramount. Hmm. So. Yeah. There he is, Richard Van Fleet, with part one of our interview with Richard. And, uh, of course, if you get a chance, you want to check out his book. It's called Dark Traffic. You can get it on Amazon and all kinds of other places, too. And uh, also, uh, Richard uh, is going to be coming back on our next episode of On Screen and Beyond, where he will be talking about his career moving into uh, the All My Children era of his career and uh, some more things about his writing. So uh, we'll be getting into that in uh, the next episode of On Screen and Beyond. Hope you're enjoying that. And uh, like I say, if you have a uh, reason to contact me, whether it's a suggestion for a guest or just want to say hi, you can contact me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. You can try doing, uh, you know, a DM or something on uh, the socials, but uh, I'm I, I got to admit, I'm not that great at uh, checking those out all the time as far as the DMs. And, uh, you know, I'm not uh, real good at those, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, I might not be able to get to those as fast. Uh, but as far as the email, that's fine. That's, that's, I check that uh, basically every day. So uh, you can send me an email if you'd like. And uh, always love your suggestions. So I uh, hope you'll do that. Be sure to tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond and uh, download us and follow us on whatever podcast provider you are uh, using to get this episodes or these episodes, I should say. And uh, you can go back and look at all over 600, over, well, 640, over 640 right now. And uh, if you ever notice uh, during the episodes of On Screen and Beyond now, we're plugging in different uh, people who we have had as past guests doing a little, they're doing little promos that say, you know, uh, this is so-and-so and I'm on on screen and beyond. And uh, so if you hear those, you can uh, know that that person has a back episode that we have had. They have been on before and you can go back and listen to uh, those, find those. And uh, you know, uh, you can hear those interesting people like uh, uh, Gary Sinise has been uh, on here and uh, also uh, Mickey Rooney and uh, just so many people. It's, it's just amazing. So be sure to check those out. And uh, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. Next week, we will be back with part two of our interview with Richard Van Vliet of All My Children, Dr. Chuck Tyler, and uh, his new novel, Dark Traffic. So hope you'll be listening for that. And until then, that's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Thank you.